we're doing it. We really are. This is us. We're back, boys. Season however the fuck many. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's been a All time. Right. It's been it's been a moment. I'm getting vaccinated tomorrow. I'm so excited for you. By the time you all listen to this, Haley will be fully vaccinated. Mm, yep, getting that J and J. Yeah, what did you call Hell it before? Yeah. Oh no, it doesn't count. So they're administering the Johnson and Johnson vaccine at the Javits Center in New York, or as Haley called it, the Javits Center. Brilliant. God damn. Like I'm mad nobody <laughs> thought of it. I'm really mad that nobody thought of that. Well, I'm getting mine at my local CVS. Shout out CVS. Going there during my lunch break. Shout out CVS. They never shamed me for buying birth control. <clears throat> Walgreens. Oh, but, really? Oh, yeah. Walgreens oh, the amount was, of like, times I bought, awful. I bought uh, so many Plan Bs at CVS's in our area for people. Because I'm just like, yeah, fine. I'll go buy it. <laughs> um, no biggie. It, for you, for anybody who has a need for Plan B, don't... All right, so here's what you do. Don't buy it at CVS. I learned this recently. Everybody knows somebody with a Costco membership, and it is $8 at Costco. It is $8 really? fucking dollars at Costco. It is $50 at CVS and pretty yeah. much everywhere else. It is $8 at Costco. Like, if you need, if you need Plan B, I actually B don't know anybody with a Costco membership. Well, not, no, you know me, and I have no problem overnighting it to you. All right. And that's what I was about to say. If somebody needs Plan B... Look DM us, me. Drugs. We will hook it up. Is it? Is it? Is it peddling drugs? Yeah, I mean, I guess. But like, the other option is they have the kid and they name it after me, and I think that's worse. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No one wants that big Caitlyn energy. BKE. BKE. Well then. <laughs> now what that a we're start on that. to a podcast, right? Just, I'll tell you, it's. Hot take. It's a more entertaining start than the Elisa Lam documentary that wasn't. I all right. Uh, Do you want me to get into the stats first? Because we're we're here. We're we we're filling the promise that we made last week. We're talking we about promise. crime scene vanishing at the Cecil Hotel. Yeah, and and I would like. I just I have a bone to pick with the title because it's the it's. It's not really just about the Cecil Hotel, because if they focused on the Cecil Hotel, then it would be, oh, Richard Ramirez and the Black Dahlia. No, and no, okay. Ryan wait, wait, let, me, thing. let me grab some stats before we get into our own review. I'm just venting about the I'm just venting about the title. I'm just okay. venting about the title. We'll get into that in a second. So, yeah, it's got a 52 percent currently on Rotten Tomatoes. That has changed since I started writing this uh, outline. <laughs> so how much was it when you started? 46 mm. and now it's 52 so it's going up i know that some Tomato critics score. recently put out um reviews or whatever of it yeah it was but the late. audience score is only 26 percent. yeah i love them and 54 percent google score we know google's whack and uh 5.9 out of 10 on imdb i think it might actually be less now for imdb is it because okay, i was looking I, I didn't at double IMDb. check I was just looking at IMDb this afternoon and because I, I was like, I'm not going to remember these people's names for the life of me. And true to form, I to right now, I can't remember their names. It currently has a five. Oh, no, it's a 5.9. It was a 5.6 this afternoon okay. because I was like, I agree. 5.9, in my opinion, a little too high. 
Maybe. That's just me. Uh, the critics' consensus on Rotten Tomatoes is, quote, a sad story poorly told, vanishing at the Cecil Hotel, buries the heart of its tragic case under unsavory conspiracy theories and tasteless reenactments. I quote. concur. I, uh, yep. Did I write that? We'll get more into that in a little bit. But first, a negative review of the docuseries. Uh, Caroline uh, Fromke from Variety says, quote, it relishes validating the most salacious details and theories before... Uh, before deigning to do its case and the woman at its center, true justice, end quote. Yeah, I agree. Positive I review agree. from Brian Tellerico of Robert Tellerico. Yeah. Tellerico. Yes. I, I, have that, I have that pulled up. Yeah, I have that because <laughs> I was going to mention it too. Yep. Quote, an interesting story, not of the crime itself, but all the issues around it, end quote. Yeah. So now I guess we get into our own uh, reviews. Tell me yeah. what you thought of crime scene Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel. Where do I begin? For, I'm going to begin by saying I think in the last episode I was saying it wrong, and I could be saying it wrong currently because I know the the British couple that stayed at the hotel they said it one British way, yep. and then everybody else said it like Cecil or Cecil. Or- yeah, but but even when they did that montage of all of I think it was episode three when they did the montage of like all of the YouTubers. reporters covering it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, quote unquote reporters <laughs> no no i was i had it confused and that's because honestly i could not get into this one but we'll get into that in a minute um th- everybody said it a different way and i was just like uh, i'm gonna I, continue I, I, on what? with cecil <laughs> yeah i i'm fine with cecil 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 cecile i don't know i don't so know i personally think i didn't hate it i just it i th- i think it was too long uh yes, did not need to be four episodes could have been an hour and a half true documentary cut and dry this is what the case is let's throw in a conspiracy theory here for shits and giggles and then that's it i wouldn't it didn't even need, go that far BuzzFeed it didn't even solved. that's it yeah it didn't need an entire episode dedicated to the crazy conspiracy theories and uh no it did not bas- like just baseless accusations and not even baseless so i <sighs> My my issue with that isn't just that it was baseless accusations. Like, what they did to that poor guy, Morbid, was awful. I'll awful. get into that, too, because I, yeah. I was reading a couple articles regarding the, um, like, different people's reviews of the docuseries, and um, one had an interview with Morbid, and it's just so terrible what happened to him. Yeah. That no one should have to do that. Yeah. And it kind of reminds me of what we were talking about with the Don't Fuck With Cats case. That's... And, oh, I have that yeah. in my notes. I can't believe you. I love you. Well, All right. if, you, if you didn't listen to that episode, what happened was uh, these internet sleuths were trying to hunt down Luke Magnata, who they eventually... Not yeah. they eventually found, but who was eventually found. And uh, they suspected it was somebody who was commenting on a couple of posts and they were like mm-hmm. it's this guy they found out all his details they blasted him on the internet yeah. and he ultimately took his own life and to say it's because of the internet attacks we don't know there wasn't any um information from his family or friends or anything right. like that but it's not like like when you hear what happened to morbid you're like it's not crazy to think that like somebody is thrown into the spotlight in such a negative way and left like floundering like the police yeah. aren't helping to say like i mean yeah they're like 
this is not the guy, but like these people on the internet were so gung ho to be like, we solved it. We know who it is. Exactly. And I, I know that they did not remotely that these did that these two cases, the don't fuck with cats case and the Elisa Lamb case, they were not running concurrently at all. But there's similar like there's there's similar movies that are more fictional, but that are similar in the storyline to don't fuck with cats. Like the the concept and the 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 lore of the armchair expert of the internet sleuth has been a thing for ages it's, and and before it was internet sleuth it was just like it was like fucking nancy drew the mm -hmm. carolyn Keene series everyone um, wants to be the hero everyone yes. wants to find the piece of information that was overlooked and find okay this is going to lead to the killer this is going to lead to this but everyone fully ignored throughout three hours of this docuseries she had a mental health crisis. Yes, and there it doesn't were, need to be no. more sensationalized than that. We can talk yeah. about mental health backwards, forwards, all day long. Like, yeah, and they're it, going, oh, like one guy said something about her being possessed, and it was to it's do inconsiderate with the, to the, the family. Well, it's inconsiderate, and that's a whole thing too that I'm going to get into. But beyond that, it you're going to have these. I, I overall, I do think that these these. Internet sleuths were featured way too heavily. I think that they were given way too much screen time, whereas the actual psychologists and pathologists and people who were like involved with the case or worked at the hotel, with the exception of um, what's her face, that she could have she could have used less airtime. Um, the manager. The manager. I didn't like Amy her either. Price. I don't know why. I, my notes just go. Hate this lady. Not sure why. <laughs> Why are we the, the same person? Episode, she just are, we're doing she, a podcast. That's why. I don't. There, I have she nothing grated. against this woman. She just struck me as unlikable for no fucking reason. Well, I have no clue why. First, at first, but then there were certain like she she made a comment. So her name is Amy Price. She made a comment about how she. Um, I wrote down the quote. How could she be in the tank for nineteen days? And then I wrote. IDK, bitch, how could she? Question mark, question mark. You fucking like, work there, bitch. She was the manager. And uh, and I just hated how she didn't seem to take any responsibility. Like, it wasn't even a case of, oh, like, I don't know how we could have done this. Like, how, we, how like, we could have been so careless, blah, blah, blah. It was just, how could this have happened? Yeah. It happened under your watch. This is It's like when a nanny is giving the kids a bath and they drown. And she goes, I don't know how it happened. I, I, I had everything structured in my notes, but we're going to be all over the place yeah, in, this, no, in this episode. I, I, yeah. But I, but this does lead me to a little section that I wrote on um, how Skid Row is featured. In hated that too, yeah, yeah. So in the Nerdist article that I referenced uh, last week, that is, um, uh, fuck, I don't have the name of it here, but it's like unsolved uh, mental health crises are not unsolved mysteries. Yeah. In that article, they said, quote, they talk about the case and also the detail and also detail the systematic failures that created the skid row within and beyond the hotel's doors. We are led to believe that this is a contributing factor in Lamb's disappearance. Largely, this helps to explain the overwhelmed staff's dismissal of a young woman in obvious crisis. And yes. And, and yeah, they said multiple times. Uh, uh, this is another quote that I have from another article. Um, while there's no question that this is a dangerous part of the city, the show's continually 
uh, the show continually uses actual violence in the area to drum up panic. Quote, women go missing on Skid Row every day, end quote. Yeah. Uh, but those generally aren't individuals like Lamb, a foreign tourist on vacation. Those women, often battling addiction or engaged in sex work to survive, are exploited, vulnerable individuals society has discarded. The show makes a false uh, equivalency between those disappearances and Lamb's because it is narratively convenient to drive fears that a serial killer is on the loose near the hotel, end quote. Which, yeah, yeah they use... I think this, this docuseries wanted to be... A couple of different things. Yeah, and this it Joseph. wanted to be about the Cecil Hotel. Mm-hmm. It wanted to talk about Elisa Lamb's case. Mm-hmm. It wanted to talk about the history of Skid Row. It was, it, it was trying to be too many things all at once, and kind of, I think personally failed on all points yeah. because. Um, if you want to talk about the history of the Cecil Hotel, do a History Channel docu- documentary about it. An yeah. hour, that's all it needed. Doesn't need yeah. too much more than that. Yeah. We're personally going to be doing an episode on the Cecil Hotel, talking yeah. about some of the claims they even made in this mm-hmm. uh, this docuseries. Spoiler alert, Elizabeth Short did not stay there. No. The Black Dahlia. No. There's, there's talk that she may have been there at some point. I think it's all bullshit. There's no record. Yeah, there's no record. It, it people wanted to build up the hotel to be this entity, this um, like the shining hotel, like more than yeah. <laughs> more than it really was. Yeah, and but it, that's exactly it. And they talk about Skid Row as the history of the area and also the problems that it faces, but also as an excuse. Yeah. And They're like, this is Skid Row. Crazy shit happens. We like, I think Amy Price, uh, the the general manager, said at one point, like, we had complaints that she was disturbing her roommates in the hostel style room, and so we moved her into a different place. And there was one point where, um, I guess she, at some point in the day, she came down into the lobby and she was doing some of those like arm movements that you see in the elevator video. Yeah. And was talking about stuff and just was obviously not in her right mind. And they kind of wrote it off as like, this is the Cecil Hotel. We've seen crazier stuff. Yeah. And like, and and the use of the term crazy is bothersome. I don't, I, I'm not going to say that they said crazy specifically. I don't remember oh, no, the exact quote, but it, it was kind of insinuating that in that way. Yeah. Um, and uh, even to touch a little bit more on, the just the way that Skid Row was portrayed, because it was kind of used as a like a scapegoat for this for this whole thing. Yeah, pretty much. And like what you know, when we weren't talking about like aliens fucking abducting Elisa Lamb and then depositing her back into the water tank or whatever the fuck these theories yeah. were, I checked out. Um, I'm not even gonna try to hide it. Like I th- I got to a point where I just stopped caring and like had to force myself to get through it because i was like we have to yeah. talk about this i had to pause um, a bunch of times i had yeah. to like walk away a couple times it just it didn't keep me engaged also like like i said like it wanted to be too many things if you're yes. just talking about the elisa lamb case that's an hour and a half documentary it doesn't need to be longer than that you could talk Maybe. about 
the Cecil Hotel and Skid Row and a bunch of stuff, but not to the lengths and in depth that they were. Like it was, it was moving away from what the case was and introducing all of these other crazy things that really do not have anything to. Skid Row has nothing to do with what happened to Elisa Lam. Right. It was a girl with a history of mental illness that was not taking her medication to the right degree and had a psychotic break for no reason of the hotel of uh, ghosts, the of, ghosts aliens, of aliens of aliens possession uh anything people trying to murder like and and that's that's where i was headed so if you so there's a documentary on skid row that i highly recommend whenever i talk to anybody first of all it's not four hours long so that that's great right Bless. there um but so it's called Lost Angels. Skid Row is my home. And if you want to get a better idea of what Skid Row is like, what the people who live there day to day go through, like the struggles that they have, and yet there's still a sense of community. And by no means am I encouraging the the lifestyles that some of these people have, which it, it's it can be dangerous. It can be very Un- toxic Sometimes they're and dangerous into and unsettling that. but that's the thing yes it co- and it covers that it talks about people who are forced into it if memory serves me correctly because it's been a few years since i've seen it there's like just people who are older that they've just always lived there that they, they don't necessarily have like oh like they're an addict and blah 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 which first of all there's nothing wrong with being an addict there's no shame in it it's an illness yeah, but some people have addictive personalities. Yes. Some people uh, get tricked into doing a drug and then you get hooked on it. Some people yeah. have uh, um, uh, injury that you then yep. have to take medication for, then you then become hooked on. Like we're hearing more and more about it like every single day, the opioid epidemic. Yeah. Like it's real and scary and it's deeper mo- than what yeah. some movie about elisa lamb can show you but so again it's called lost angels skid row is my home and it's i'm i'm a big fan of it it's very informative um one thing that i would like to say also is that it seemed kind of i don't know how to put this it was kind of problematic the portrayal of skid row it is not just greasy low lives and people who oh like they're they're homeless and addicted and blah 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 it's not just that those are not just the people frequenting skid row yeah like you would be surprised the people that you would see at skid row i mean the the people who like because addicts come in all shapes and sizes and yeah they could very well be living in a mansion in Beverly Hills and then moving out to Los Angeles. I mean, and then moving out to Australia, for example, and frequenting Skid Row often before getting clean. Yeah. But some people are luckier than others and they're able to get out. And some people uh, just have everything thrown at them to cut them down and are put in a situation where it's hard to dig themselves out of. Yeah. Yeah. And some people have the money to dig themselves out, but others do not. And it's just it's it's very it's very bothersome. And to one me, of the other just things the whole portrayal is, and the blaming. It was that, but also the 
internet sleuths and I'm, I'm not going to connect us with that world because we've never tried to solve any of these crimes. No. We talk about the details of the case, bring to light some of the uh, the facts that have been reported on and are true, yes. and talk about the case and the psychology and the connections to pop culture in our society. That's what and, our podcast is about. And we'll in, give our opinions. We will yeah. give our opinions, but they're all based we're not on going the, to the facts police that are with laid. It. Well, that, and we're also not accusing people on our YouTube channel or whatever the fuck it is. But we're also we're we're making these we're formulating these opinions based on the facts that have been laid out in front of us from our research. It's not like we're saying, oh, like one thing that really got me was towards the end. I think it was in the third episode, maybe the fourth episode. The third episode is all about the conspiracy theories. I think yeah. it's called Down the Rabbit Hole, which is mm. exact. yeah, Down the Rabbit Hole. That's exactly what it is. It's but all about the conspiracies. It is. But the the one that like, and, and again, we'll get further into it, but the tuberculosis test. See, that, that is, was named, it's weird. Yes, it's, it's just weird. weird. It's an eerie coincidence. But you want to know something? I have the same fucking name as the kid that won America's Got Talent when she was like 10, like five years ago, Caitlin Mahar. Oh, no. Does that mean that there's some kind of a connection where like I'm alt universe, Caitlin Mahar? First of all, I can't sing for shit. But beyond that, that's how stupid you sound. Like you need to realize at a point that you need to just get your head out of your ass because you're talking nonsense i would say specific like about the docuseries in a whole but specifically that episode the quote when you hear hoof beats in central park yeah you think Think horse not zebra zebra yeah that is this entire docuseries that episode specifically it's like you're grasping at straws you're trying like you can find connections and stuff if you try yeah, like, but they're not even and you're forcing yourself point. to they're try. They're fucking unicorns. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it's it's like back to the morbid thing. That one girl that was going on, and she was like, she was talking about how he's like implanting these subliminal messages that he killed her because of songs about a woman dying in the water. And there's a photo of Elizabeth Short behind him, and it's like, do you hear yourself? The every single accusation that they threw at him was so stupid and circumstantial and not like not like like and 10 degrees away from the actual case so he's interested in ted bundy and elizabeth short guess what so are we guess that means that the 13 year olds that are thirsting over ted bundy still to this day please stop on our instagram guess they killed elisa lamb and he's a death metal musician so black metal musician if anything i believe well, is black what he metal, actually yeah. said which is like i don't want to say worse like in these people's eyes it would be worse but it's just it's dark it is not and they they connected the happy. music video of like a girl running away i was yeah. like i'm no, like that, what do you expect in these music videos how many yeah how many black metal music videos have you seen i was like you're yeah. gonna you're gonna be really disturbed when you've seen some of the stuff that we have uh, it like there's a lot of well there's a lot of like black metal musicians that write about some of these cases and we've talked about that right like there are a lot there are a lot that have lyrics about ted bundy and uh jeffrey dahmer and raping and killing women and like it gets rough yes and Um, i would also like to say in terms of raping and killing women it's not even just 
metal music. There are other musical artists. I won't even limit it to genres. There, it, That's really on the musical artist. And there are plenty of other artists who have made the same illusions. Like, look at Eminem. Yeah. What is that? What is the, the line from, um, not Monster, but the other one that came out like mid 2010s? The, the lyric is, he's talking about his wife, I think, or some, some woman is leaving him. I'm attired to the bed and set the house on fire. Like, yeah. okay. Guess he killed Elisa Lamb too. And it seems like the only thing that connects him to this case, instead of just being a black metal musician that writes the same kind of music as other people in the genre is that yeah. he stayed at the Cecil Hotel a year before. That's the yeah. only connection. And and you want to know something? If we're going to consider that to be the connection, then all of these little YouTubers that are staying at the Cecil Hotel and vlogging about it because they think they know what happened to Elisa Lamb. Well, how do you know? How do you know what happened to Elisa Lamb then? Why are you staying in the hotel? Um, does this mean that you killed Elisa Lamb? It sounds to me like it does. Did you see that in the screen grab that you can take from their latest YouTube video at the two minute, 23 second mark, right when they finish saying X, Y, Z, that they blinked two times, which if you know anything means I murdered Elisa Lamb. It's just that, again, grasping at straws, it, mm -hmm. like you it want ridiculous. You want to, f you want to make sense of this when the answer is in front of you, like, uh, I mean, we can get more into like what actually happened. The, in my opinion, this documentary could have been the first episode and the last episode. Yes, <laughs> shortened a little bit. Shortened a lot of it. Yeah, a lot of it because the last episode is finally like rational and everything. But yeah. why did it take four hours to get there? Um, I saw in one of the articles that I was reading, uh, Joe Berlinger, who. We know from He's made all the Ted Bundy shits. <laughs> yes. Um, he tells Radio 1 Newsbeat, quote, The story has been told before, but I think it's been done very irresponsibly in the past. For the oh, average viewer, it's another compelling story you watch and then move on to the next. But for who it's happening to, it's the worst moment in their life. It's a real tragedy for that person and that family, end quote. All of that is true, but I don't think he achieved what he was trying to do. Because, yeah, does, yes, does, in the end, they lay out like what happened obviously what happened but why it shouldn't you shouldn't have put in all those conspiracy theories then it's no that that just turned into like a oh fuck you internet sleuths like you think you're doing good well guess what and i'm like yeah well, that's true but like you kind of presented the inf like when you are crediting these people you're kind of crediting them as fact yeah you're, and it, and it's like in a movie when they set up, it's it's like in a psychological thriller when they set up this one character to be the, the one behind all, all of these murders in this movie. And it ends up not being that person or it ends up going unsolved. Yeah. And by the end of that movie, everyone walking out of that theater, RIP movie theaters, are going... Oh, well, it was definitely that character because of X. Like, that's how you're you're planting these seeds into people's heads for 45 minutes. And then you're going to turn and go, mm, that's in it. No. Yeah. Never mind. And I did feel like, I mean, Joe Berlinger has had experience in uh, documentaries and movies before. And I feel like yeah. he was trying to make this as sensational as a movie 
by like bringing in Morbid as like an obvious quote unquote obvious uh, villain because of how he's dressed and how he looks and everything. And I just want to I one of the articles that I read just touch a little bit on uh, what happened to him. So uh, the article says, quote, the Internet mob attacked Morbid social media and streaming accounts, getting his music deleted from YouTube and his accounts banned from Facebook and Google. They also publicly labeled Vergara, his name's Pablo Vergara, as Mm -hmm. a murderer while circulating his photos online, even getting Taiwanese news station to report Vergara as official uh, as an official uh, suspect. Um, Vergara said, quote, you're constantly looking over your shoulder. You get death threats everywhere all the time. You can't win. You've got to formulate a way to survive. Mine was trying to walk away from it, completely turn my back on it. But that was after my suicide attempt. At a certain point, it feels like there's no escape, end quote. Vergara also speaks of the misjudgment and vilification that metalheads often face. Quote, Ted Bundy's favorite music was the Beatles. Listening to the Beatles doesn't make you good, just as listening to black metal doesn't make you bad. I was just reading about Sophie Lancaster and her boyfriend, Rob Maltby, from the UK. They get savagely beaten and she dies. She's only 20 years old and uh, they do that because she's looking goth, because she's wearing goth makeup and dark clothes. Mm -hmm. People need to wake up. We're losing lives. People are being killed and people are killing themselves because of this. This is a serious issue, end quote. Yeah. Yeah, and all that's entirely true. He was severely cyberbullied. And when all these youtubers in the last episode say well that's when i like i knew i was wrong then you found out you were wrong because the hatch you thought was closed was actually open that's what it took yeah exactly exactly and i mean nobody said sorry to him nobody nobody tried to to save his reputation nobody rallied behind him and like joe berlinger didn't even during the documentary no he he used him that bothered me too the the use of him as kind of uh, of morbid as kind of like not the not third act villain the third act villain and then just kind of like a sideshow just like oh but it wasn't him and then all of this fucked up shit happened and he tried to kill himself like you don't use somebody's pain like that and that seemed to be a running theme in this documentary and it really shocked me from a sense of joe berlinger actually did a documentary on Metallica and their struggles to get one of their albums released in the the early 2000s. I don't quite remember when, but for somebody who seems to have enough of an interest in metal to do a documentary on arguably like the metal band. Yeah. The, like his treatment of morbid and the black metal genre is really surprising and disappointing and it's not even just morbid that he kind of throws uh, under the bus not even throws under the bus he he like capitalizes off of morbid's pain but he does the same with elisa lamb i mean the the i i again i i've said it like i don't like that the armchair experts were able to talk about elisa lamb as much as they did but even more disturbing to me was they spoke about her like they knew her and yeah. they're speaking about her like they know her. And meanwhile, in all four episodes of this documentary, they devote an entire episode to these internet sleuths, these these YouTubers that are so high and mighty and acting like like that one. Uh, who was that one asshole that he was like, oh, I'm what the dictionary now calls a YouTuber. I'm like, yeah, like, no shit. Like, do you think you're the reason that YouTuber is now a word recognized by goddamn fucking Webster? His name's John Lorden. But um, I, I, 
they devote an entire episode. Joe Berlinger devotes an entire episode to these people. Not once are Elisa Lam's family or friends interviewed, mentioned, well, as far I've, as I can tell, in this documentary. They, they, they were on screen for a second when yeah. they were they had the, the video footage from the press conference when she yeah, went missing. Yeah, I'm not counting that. But I'm they, saying like I believe they declined to speak at that time and they I don't think they um they wanted to be a part of this docuseries. I think I have a quote here um about but yeah, I, about I, the family's involvement. Quote I think they were just wanting to move on. If you look at the other tellings of the stories, you'd think she's the victim of some horrible, evil presidents that took control of her. Those kinds of narratives, I think, are incredibly disrespectful and probably why the family just didn't want to deal with another show that was going to exaggerate the circumstances of the tragedy, end quote. Right, And right. I think that's a quote of Joe Berlinger, but every but, every quote that I see of him, I'm like, he's guilty of doing that. Well, and that's what I was about to say. Wouldn't If, if her family is refusing to participate in this... And you are acknowledging that you're postulating that you think you know why and like in the media sympathizing with their desire not to be involved. Wouldn't that be an indication that maybe you shouldn't be making this movie, this series? I would say you can do this series if your intentions um, are to not make money. I don't know. I feel like that's what his intention was, so, was I'm going to have another documentary put on Netflix. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. And also four part docuseries. It's like, yeah. um, what's his name? Charles Dickens being paid by the word. It's kind of like <laughs> this guy is like the more yes! hours I can churn out, the more money I'm going to fucking make. But um, that's, that's, oh, that's good. That's, that's pretty. That's what it seems like. If that's not what it was, then fine. But you're not, you're not trying to make it seem like otherwise. I would say, Going back to uh, what we spoke about um, on the actual case, after everything happened, Elisa Lam's family sued the hotel for yes. negligence, saying um, the system, the safeties were not in place yeah. for her to be safe. I'm going to say hindsight's 2020. Yes, now it's kind of obvious you should have locks on the water tanks because I think they mentioned in the docuseries anyone can go and put anything in that water yeah they could have put drugs in that water yeah they could have put something dangerous in that water like but again hindsight's 2020 so like yeah you think that now because something bad happened i wouldn't think that like off the bat and if you're running a hotel you got a lot of other shit worried about especially because it's in an area that is a little more dangerous like there's a lot of stuff happening they talk about how many times the police had to come to the building and of the other deaths that had happened there there's a lot happening and the water tanks the the lock on the water tank is not on the top of your your list list. i understand that and then uh there was talk of well the hotel staff should have known she was in a uh health crisis and asked how she was that's also like hindsight the hotel staff did not have on record that she was taking any medications they did not know that she had a history of mental illness. They didn't have any of this information. So I don't hold them responsible. But if you're going to do this docuseries, possibly set up like an Elisa Lam Foundation, which yes. puts money in so you can teach 
hotel workers, other public workers. These are the signs of a, of a mental health crisis. And this is what you should do in this situation. If you're public health, if you're public facing, like receptionist or secretary or um, even like uh, a dentist office, something that you wouldn't obviously notice mental health uh, problems, but any type of like any type of profession where you see people all the time, you should have basic mental health crisis training. And I, I mean, I personally would say basic first aid training. I think my first aid training from being a lifeguard has come in leaps and bounds oh, yeah. in my life. And it's just, I mean, everyone should know it. It's good to know. Exactly. But as a lifeguard, I was never told what a mental health crisis looked like. No. And it, it, we were encouraged to push it under the rug. Like, I I remember as a kid, I had mental health crises, like, little. Like, I was maybe five, I think, when I had my first, like, anxiety attack. I didn't fucking know what that was. I just thought sometimes you woke up feeling like there was a weight on your chest and you couldn't bring yourself to get out of bed because you felt like something bad was happening. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to articulate that, too, as, like, oh, somebody yeah. who's younger. But I don't know, like... It, I don't know if the money from this docuseries went anywhere besides Joe Berlinger's pocket. I have no clue. I'm not going to speak to that. Yeah, I tried to look it up and I couldn't find it for, to, it, to be it fair. Just seemed like, it just seemed like the obvious thing is like, okay, we need to get these public workers mental health training. Yeah, like absolutely. If you're going to blame the hotel staff for not noticing that something was off with her, then... How are you going to tell them what's normal? Exactly. Everyone's normal is different. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, I there's also no think, baseline. Yeah, there's no baseline. I also think one of the things that the internet sleuths brought up is that maybe she was on some type of party drug and they didn't accept the toxicology report that she wasn't on some type of party drug. If Fair. these people were so wrapped up in her uh, like online diary, pretty much, that's where her Tumblr was. Yeah, she and, had said in um, a post that they read out in one of these crazy reenactments in this docu series um, that she never drank and never did drugs, and she like told herself that like she might be like a little nerdy or a little square for not doing any of the drugs, and maybe she should have to like make friends and make it easier to make friends or whatever. But that everyone was like, well, maybe it was like ketamine or something like that, and like. Mm. She has no history of this, so that claim kind of just goes out the window for me. I was yeah, she's say. 21 in a different city. It's not out of the realm of possibility that maybe she wanted to try something, but if you're, like, you're not going to go from zero to 100. You're not going to exactly. go from never drinking and never doing drugs to doing ketamine Yeah, well, and at a when weird I was hotel that, you, <laughs> that you're not familiar with. At a weird hotel in a, not just not just a weird hotel in a place where you're not comfortable you don't know anybody else but also like as somebody who well now i don't take drugs for for other reasons but when i was considering taking drugs like when i was like oh you know like i've never done this it's something i want to try i'll tell you what i didn't immediately go to like let's try crack like also, i was like oh what about like weed or lsd or fucking adderall like i'm not going for like ketamine or also meth. if you're if you're taking four different medications to uh stabilize your mood and also yeah. like antipsychotics and 
stuff like that yeah you can't maybe, take some of that shit yeah maybe that's you know why that. you don't maybe that's why you don't take party drugs yeah they your doctor goes up and down the list on like this is what you can't take and also are you taking this prove it to me that you're not taking this because it can fuck you up like i don't think though i mean at the same time maybe that's why she was not taking her medications to the full extent so that if she were to try something it wouldn't affect her as badly maybe that still yeah may, if you're gonna go with that theory maybe that would help fit into your theory but again you're kind of molding everything to fit what you want your theory to be yeah the reality grasping. is that she had a history of not taking her medications mm-hmm. in the past and and also for those who may be feeling a little added right now there's no problem with not taking your medications from a sense of oh i forget like i have multiple alarms set on my phone because i'll forget and then my my meds are in such a way that if i take them after a certain hour i'm not sleeping that night well, so I also I've got had many. I also had kind of like an innocent thought when the the subject came up of her not taking her medications to the fullest. And I'm like, oh, she's traveling. Maybe she can't get her prescription, yeah. and maybe she's taking less medications to last her the trip. Maybe but that she shit does she happen. miscounted. Yeah, maybe she I've miscounted, and she's like, oh shit, I'm not going to make the end of the trip with this. I need to like stretch this medication which yeah you probably you shouldn't do you should you ask do yeah you should ask who prescribed you the medication before you do anything like that yeah and i'm sure there's ways when you're on vacation if you're taking an antipsychotic there's probably ways you can get it because that yeah. is a very important medication you need to be taking tip one any medication if you find that you are gonna run out before the end of your trip don't go to Walgreens because then they'll just say that you're a slut because you're taking birth control even though you're taking it so your body doesn't try to kill you. I'm not mad. I'm not bitter. I think you were targeted. Fuck Walgreens. And I No, I don't think I was targeted, but I do think that the lady thought I was a whore. I really do. And I'm like, I was like, you don't understand. My body wants me dead. And yeah. trust me, I am taking as many fucking things as I can to ensure that doesn't happen. I can't. I can't. <laughs> For my own personal life, say fuck Walgreens, because I live about 300 steps away from a Walgreens, mm-hmm. and they've come in clutch when I've needed some shit. But they're mm-hmm. not giving me my vaccine, so you know what? Fuck Walgreens for fuck a Fuck Walgreens. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll go further. I have actually gotten to a point where, like, Walgreens is typically closer. Everywhere I've lived, there's usually a Walgreens closer than a CVS. Comes I clutch. will drive further to a CVS. Right aid if I'm in a pinch. All right. But, like... Right. Dwayne Reed? Fuck Walgreens. There's not really many Dwayne Reeds out here. It's very like strange it's to me. It's very New Yorkish. It's very like localized to the East Coast. Maybe if if you have a Dwayne Reed near you, let us know where you <laughs> are. Getting, not like an address, but <laughs> we've um, been off do you the rails. Have, okay. Do you have anything have else to say? I have a lot of opinions. Yes. Okay, um, moving on. Haley, look at my notes. I have a whole ass thing of opinions. It's on like a tiny little strip of paper. Because I, Michael, yeah, Michael called me out for that. And that's because I was like, I'm not going to take notes. And then I kept on writing like little like one liners on my thoughts. And the next thing I know... This strip of paper is like packed to the gills back to back Um, uh, to get back on track and to get back to her Tumblr once again. I don't know how you felt about that, but I also felt that that was I I know it's public. I know you said it was public. It just felt really invasive to me to read her entries and to also to hear her entries. And I will say, like, 
not a fan of this documentary, but to their credit, they did hire a Chinese actress to, for lack of a better word, voice Elisa Lam. Her name is Vivica Chow. She was born in Hong Kong. Like, they at least did that. They didn't hire, like, fucking uh, Kristen Bell to do the narration. Um, which I I'm think not the reenactments but, were like, unnecessary. Yes, I think they were very unnecessary. Like, for example, Didn't need what it. is the purpose of showing a tit in this documentary? In this particular documentary, I missed what the is tit. The purpose? Where was it? Um, fuck, I don't remember where it was exactly now. Like, there was there was a thing where, like, I, I don't, if anybody can tell me what episode this was, because <laughs> they all run together now. But she's, like, taking her shirt off and showing, like, 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 it was, like, to show her, like, getting undressed, basically. And it was, like, a reenactment. And I just... I, but yeah, that's my point. I do think it's unnecessary. I, I like it's it's a blatant grab for and I'm literally Googling right now as I'm talking Cecil Hotel boob shot. Um, but anyway, I, I think it's a blatant grab for attention. And like we've talked about this before. I think that reading a dead woman's publicizing a dead woman's journal entries, Bas diaries, yeah, even if it diary. is online. Yeah, even if it is online. Like, I, my Tumblr's online. You sure as shit are not going to be able to find it, and I plan no, on keeping it that way. No. I also haven't updated it in, like, five years, maybe. Oh, there's, but, there's old ramblings on that. Oh, yeah. There's old, old shit on there that I don't want people reading. It's like but, fi someone finding your MySpace or Zanga. Do you remember Zanga? Did you have a Zanga? I, I did not have a Zanga. I, I, first I of all, you, you underestimate just how sheltered I was. But no, I was not, I did not have a Zenga or a MySpace. I was not allowed to have a Zenga or a MySpace. And Damn. my mother made sure that I did not know what a Zenga was. So you're going to have to educate me on that after this. But um, it's basically Zenga, like it a blog. Like, it, it sounds like the thing that makes all of those like Candy Crush type games. I'm pretty sure that that company is also called Zenga. Maybe. Um, but like, it, it, again, off the rails. Um, my My point is... How do I put this? I guess I, like I just it, feel it like gives it's really more invasive. history of who she is as a person, which definitely um, can give you an idea because like she did treat it as a diary. So she was very candid in what she was saying. So it did give context to um, some stuff that was happening. But again, they bury until the last episode that like she had a history of of not taking her medications to the fullest. She had been hospitalized for this in the past, like. These are things that she didn't necessarily divulge in those diary entries. So it kind of paints a picture of a person as they want to be seen, I guess, which is very telling in somebody's diary or journal. Like, especially with someone who has, um, I, I guess you could say, like skeletons in the closet. Like, yeah, they're going to be candid about some things and then completely bury other things. Yeah. Like, I I just, and that was a fun, you're welcome. If you ever wondered what it was like to motorboat me, that's what it sounds like. Um, what? But what? Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head there. It's just, I don't know. It's very, oh, that's one other thing. Because I'm like, I'm looking at my notes as I say this. But in a similar vein, um, there was also a, a, a piece where they talked about her complaining about unwanted attention from men. 
and uh-huh. saying like, and she was saying like oh like sometimes you give just one look and they assume that it's like fuck me i'm yours uh yeah. that's not quite literally what she said but I that, that was the yeah, that yeah. was the gist and they were talking about oh well like she's talking about these men bothering her like it's this new thing that's never happened to a woman ever in her life and yeah a could woman that alone be it? Gets could the men more. bother her could that could could it be is it so and i'm like yeah, they, i'm, they I'm did, fucking sorry they did like did a little slut shamey uh like alluding to when they were like well she was young and she wanted she said she wanted to meet people which she did she said she wanted to meet people yeah you want to meet no people. one knows if she wanted creeps. to meet yeah no one knows she wanted to meet somebody sexually as friends someone to meet like grab coffee with someone to show her like local sites and whatever yeah. like it could be a guy that she invited up into her room exactly uh, there were um a guy that delivered her a package which was from the last bookstore because yeah. it was like a heavy package yeah or i mean even beyond that the like so when ted bundy during the ted bundy era people wanted to meet other people too does that mean you want to meet fucking ted bundy no like i mean just because you want to meet people doesn't make it such an absolute but i mean it's 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 kind of trivializing women's uncomfortable experiences and i'm not trying to do that by saying this but like this happens to us all the time and also we post about it all the time and it's not to complain per se but it's to vent and it's because like all women understand the struggle and we all talk about it for support. Like I saw a tweet a while back from a friend. She's very pretty. And I mean, and trust me, looking at me, it happens to not pretty people too, but she's very pretty. And she was like, would have thought that masks would have been the deterrent in men hitting yeah, on me. If but you can't no. see half face. Yeah, but no. No, and it goes the other way, too. I had a job for a brief moment in time. Surprise. Um, And I wore my mask the entire time, and then uh, nobody wore masks except for me because, of course. Um, And I Skyped into an in-person meeting because no one wore masks. And all they could talk about was the bottom half of my face. And I'm like, I'm more than just the bottom half of my face. That you can't even see. Yeah. No, no, that was the point, was that now oh. they could see the bottom half of my face. Oh, okay. Yes. And I'm like, but like, that's all, girls are so limited to just their appearance by the public, by men, by, uh, it's, uh, and I know not all men, but like, um, it's just, we all understand that. Like, no matter who you are, you understand that pressure, you understand how annoying it is. Like, it's just yeah, really, it's a big wanna, pain in the ass. And you, you want to vent about it on your Tumblr that nobody knows about. Yeah, you just want to vent. And sometimes you just want to have a fun night as a single woman at a bar. Yeah. Or wherever you are because she didn't drink. <laughs> just like that, that actually, that reminds me of a very funny um, anecdote because we've already gone off the rails enough. And I feel like, especially the ladies will enjoy this. Um, I as we As we've discussed I think we've mentioned it once or twice. I don't drink. Um, But I was at a bar with some girlfriends not drinking. And Elisa was actually with us. And Elisa, our friend Elisa, not Elisa. Our friend Elisa. Oh, fuck. Yes. Yes. (laughs) No, 
know. It's the damnedest thing. I was partying with Elisa Lamb. Um, no. Uh, thank you for that. Because, yeah, I I'm, sometimes I'm so glad People I don't, don't do know. this alone. <laughs> sometimes I'm so glad I don't do this alone. I would have been, like, crucified by now. Um, but we were all we were all like having a good time it was really cool it was a nice bar they have a club in the back and michael was with us but not like with us with us michael was just kind of like i'll supervise um there was this dude that would not fucking let up we were clearly some ladies that were just having some fun we were like doing the thing where you're in a circle dancing at each other with your backs to everyone else like in your little like your little little like lioness coven yes um, no, pod takes on a whole new meaning now, and it makes me real sad. Um, I like coven. Yes, I like coven. So we're in our little coven, and this dude just will not let up. Like, he's he's grinding on one girl, and, one mm. like, I, I think it was Elisa. Somebody at one point said that he was, like, a a predator in those, like, African safari documentary type things where he's just looking to see which gazelle is wounded. And yeah, we exactly. were the fucking, we were the coven of gazelles. And yeah, but he was. And so he would like move on one girl and she, and she would be like, no. And then he would move on another girl and she would be like, fuck off. And then he would move on Elisa and she would be like, nah. And then he moved on me and he wouldn't let go of my ass. And I threatened to punch him in the face. And he was like, there's no need for that. Well, the irony of this is, well, one of the ironies is that I'm all hippy dippy. And I was like, I will clock you in the fucking face, motherfucker. But, um, which he isn't like me at all. Um, but all of us, it turns out, told him that we were with our boyfriend and all and of us all told Michael. him that Michael was our It's plausible. <laughs> and, and the dude, by the time he got to me, by the time he got to me, I said that Michael was my boyfriend, like but I had a boyfriend. Again. Well, no, he looked so, I could, it was like a combination of confusion, because Michael also had no idea that we were doing this. Um, we didn't even know that the other one was doing this. But this guy gave him this look of just like, borderline like confusion and then also because men like respect and he was just like damn and like he but he left us alone but just he would not let up it took us having to say we've got a boyfriend we all have the same boyfriend it's not even a believable lie (laughs) so yeah and uh, but he left us alone because we were some other man's property that night also uh i've been to that bar Yes, you have been to that bar. You might have the been there. Identical experience. I was gonna so. say you might have been there too. You really might have been there too because I I don't remember much of it, but that's because I order like sixty diet cokes or Shirley Temples, and I'm so like high on sugar out of my mind that I don't even know which way is up. Um, it's a different kind of high. It's very fun. I would say children love it, and I'm basically a child. <laughs> Are but, we gonna um, get back on track? <laughs> I was about to say, but to get back on track, there was one more thing I think that I wanted to talk about. Besides the invasiveness of the Tumblr entries, but maybe not. I think we might have covered everything now that I'm looking at this. Again, I'm really bothered by the armchair experts talking about her like they knew her. Um, There was one quote at the beginning that I thought was really funny until I heard the end of it later on in in the documentary. And then I was like, I don't know if I should mention this. But this guy goes, you don't have to think there's a conspiracy to be like, what the fuck? And like, and I was just like, yes. Exactly. But then he continues the quote later and he was like, but I mean, you have questions or something like that. And I was like, no, like had us in the first half, not going to lie. Yeah. 
Um, but it, I think that really sums up this case. It does not sum up the documentary. But it, you don't have to think there's a conspiracy to be like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. it's, it's disturbing enough on its own that you don't have to create this narrative that can not only hurt other specific people, but it can hurt entire demographics of people with these generalizations that you make, all because you feel that you're not getting enough attention or you were bullied in high school and wanted to be like, oh, but I solved the Elisa Lamb case, so look at me now, kids. It's very Romy and Michelle go full PI. Like, it's just not... It, it it's it's just yeah it's traumatic enough that it. like this girl had a psychotic break from lack of taking her medication whether the lack of taking medication was because she was ashamed to be on the medication which she had said in some in one of her tumblr articles that she didn't yeah she wishes she wasn't on all this medication yes um, she said it a few times that and that she wanted to kill herself and that she wanted to feel normal yeah and Maybe that's the reason during this trip she wanted to stop taking the medication because she thought she could prove to herself that that she was quote unquote normal. Yeah. Um, well, maybe this trip was a last hurrah. Like it's morbid to think about and it's sad if that's the case. But I can think of a few people that have done that, that would do that. And, and again, this is just speculating speculation we're not saying this is what happened yeah obviously the the case happened but like isn't that Um, scenario tragic enough yes without thinking some other bullshit yes it's a sad enough story because it's a real it's not some local legend it's not like people see lights in the sky and is it an alien abduction we don't know like this is this is a real human being that was really suffering and now her family they're suffering for the rest of their lives as a result and how do you think that that makes them feel that you are because it's not groundbreaking it's not fascinating to be like well i think that she was clearly being followed and that she was murdered because why would she undress and get into a water tank even if it was an open hatch and so here's the thing about that real quick being a lifeguard we've had to do multiple things um with clothes on in the water uh if you have ever tried to tread water Uh with clothes on even if they're light clothes yeah no it gets extremely difficult and i think um what was said in the last fucking five minutes of this docuseries is that she had a psychotic break she thought she was being followed by somebody she was maybe seeing or hearing something she went up to the roof to get away from it thought the water tank would be a good place to hide from whatever was pursuing her um, yeah. got into the water tank, found out she couldn't then reach up and get out. And um, uh, as she was treading water, waiting for the water level to rise, like she was starting to get tired to lighten your load. You have to take off your clothes. And yeah. then that's, that's when she that's drowned. That. That's, that's the end of that. Yeah. But I mean, and, and that's more it. And by making these other assumptions, by putting out, putting out these theories, you're not helping this case you are making the lives of the people who she left behind that much more difficult with this nonsense by like putting forth these bullshit ideas because that's what they are they're bullshit i believe in ghosts as much as the next person well maybe more than the next person but um because the next person is in the other room and he decidedly does not believe in ghosts and does not like the smell when i sage but it's 
it's just it's disrespectful to her to the people that she left behind it's disrespectful to her and her memory and it like i mean even there was at one point the guy was breaking down and he was saying that like well first of all that he said that um the tuberculosis thing was itching his brain and i'm like it shouldn't be also that's a weird fucking phrase but it shouldn't be it's a coincidence coincidences happen just like how one guy was like can we see what the sequence was that she was pressing the elevator buttons? Can we see like what order she was pressing them in? Maybe yeah. she was sending a message. Dude, she was manic. She was manic. She was pressing You want to see a manic episode? I'll fucking not take my meds for a little while and we can analyze that. Let's see what fucking aliens have taken over yeah. my body. I think a lot of this could be explained away by the fact that people do not recognize what is and what is not a mental health crisis. And yeah, it's not, because it's not, and that's not necessarily their fault, I should say. Exactly. That's, it's not widely enough. We're not told about these things. Like, for example, in health class, I know they didn't cover mental health in my health class. Yeah, me neither. Granted, I went to Catholic school. They barely covered sex, but it, it it's something that needs to be covered because you also- Learned how to tie a tourniquet. I didn't even learn, bitch, that's bullshit. I should learn how to tie a tourniquet. I mean, goddamn, they should have taught us how to tie a tourniquet, honestly, because for fuck's sake, Jesus was bleeding out of his it. goddamn hands and feet. But exactly, if people knew how to tie a tourniquet way back when, Jesus would not have bled out on that cross and he'd still be walking around today. You tell me that's not true. I'll tell you right 2020 now. 2020 years later. <laughs> the only thing I learned from the tourniquet lesson was you do not tie a tourniquet unless that is the last you want to see of that limb. Oh, that's good to know. I mean, I'm sure there's ways that you can save it, but our teacher was very adamant. He's like, you you tie a tourniquet, last resort. Hmm. Like, they're not getting that arm back. And I'm like, oh, oh, oh okay. <laughs> okay, I'm, then. I hope to never be in that position, but sure. Uh, I, Nessie, your brain goes there because you're nice. My brain went, so I find someone I don't like <laughs> and I tie the tourniquet. No. Um, but it, it's just, it's, it's, it's a reflection on our society. It's a reflection... On, I mean, and I'm all for playing pretend as much as the next person, but some people, for some people, it's romance movies. And they're very, they think that the way things are in romance movies are how things should be. If your friends and family hate your boyfriend, it's not because he's a douche, it's because you're star crossed lovers. It, it's a very similar vibe. It's, you, yeah. they, they're grasping on these straws because in these hero movies, in these like, what is it like a casual detective turned like super sleuth movies they find these little like nuggets it, that nobody else saw it, yeah yeah and and the thing is it's written that way it's not real life it is written to be that way yeah our lives are not written natasha beddingfield said it best the rest is still unwritten wow and i know ugh. God damn. Um, a, a true poet of our time. Right up there with Post Malone and Lil Xan. But I, I just, I it, it's very, it's it's it comes back down to, it's damaging. And for Joe Berlinger to also give people like this a platform, even if it is to later be like, they were wrong, record scratch. It's still very yeah. dangerous. It perpetuates talk, that. Uh, right before we go, I want to talk about... Um, just the end of this one article that I'm just going to yeah. quote because I think it it sums everything up perfectly. This is from SFGate. 
Um, it says, quote, the show's cruelest move is to obscure the evidence until the fourth and final episode. By holding back facts that should have been stated from the beginning, it gives the show free reign to pretend for three hours that Lamb might have been murdered. But despite how strange it seemed at the time, there's little unexplained about Lamb's tragic death. The facts are these. Lamb suffered from diagnosed bipolar disorder. She had a documented history of erratic behavior. She took four types of medication to manage her illness. When police found the pills in her room, they realized that based on the prescription fill date, the number of pills in each bottle, she had stopped taking them. This sudden break from a regime of antipsychotics and antidepressants could have catastrophic effects. All of Lamb's quote-unquote odd behavior is explained by this. The thousand conspiracy theories about how she got into the rooftop water tank are just that, conspiracy theories. The fire escape would have given her unfettered access to the roof, the water tank lid wasn't closed, and Lamb, sadly, was in the throes of a major mental health episode. Whether intentionally or not, she could have easily climbed inside where she had drowned. Yeah. The show's hours of hype, murder, and fear add up to this. Even though the last episode dispels all of the previous theories, the show does exactly what it, it said the internet sleuths did. It put fantasy over facts and sensationalism over empathy. Each retelling must bring her family unimaginable pain. Their loved one, who struggled with a mental illness that ultimately ended her life, died in a highly public way. That's traumatic enough. Then she became the spooky girl on the internet. Cecil Hotel ends in a short montage of strangers talking about how wonderful she was, how she affected their lives, but in the context of the show, which has been an almost unrelenting four hours of exploitation of her short, often painful life, it feels disgusting, end quote. Yeah. And again, it ends with these internet sleuths who, quote unquote, studied her case, saying how much she affected them. It's like, then do her do her Justice. memory great yeah. and not <laughs> publicize do all of this stuff this crazy stuff yeah. that happened stick with the facts stick with what is known when you hear footsteps think horse not zebra it's it's what's right in front of your face it doesn't need to be more tragic than that what is yeah. tragic is that nobody realized what a mental health crisis looks like and nobody tried to do anything Again, it's not all. It's also not up to everybody else, but the the stuff should be in place for people to realize. Maybe this person needs help. Maybe this person mm -hmm. needs uh, some assistance that maybe I can't provide, but maybe I can get them some more help. Yeah, I mean, could have taken one cop to come over and be like, "There's some erratic behavior." Okay, well, that sounds like a mental health crisis goes to talk to her and says, are you good? Are you, do you have medication? Are you taking your medication? I mean, it could have been stopped from there. If we have uh, the system in place. Say, to, I will I'm, say the cop thing, the cop thing, because that's not often the maybe. case for I mean, people I, who are showing I mental health issues. I, but that's the thing. The system should be in place where everybody that deals with the public and serving the public should be, trained in not just first aid not just emergency stuff should be trained in mental health emergencies yes but i think in addition to that people the people who are hired for these roles should also be in a place where they won't just throw that training out the window if that makes sense like yeah. i'm saying I in a perfect world like a, a cop would have assisted her. I'm not saying like, Oh yeah. Obviously, and then I, that's like, what they're supposed to be here for. But, <laughs> and the documentary briefly brushes over the Chris Dorner 
uh, issue, which (laughs) is a bigger issue than they made it seem like. Yes, if they spent more time on that than on the, like, crazy, like, armchair sleuth that didn't have i would say the chris dorner stuff that's its own documentary it doesn't have a place in the elisa lamb case but it coincidentally was happening at the same time that they were researching uh, that they were uh trying to find information on this so um i mean that's the only connection that 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 i'm saying that's more relevant to me that uh, at the end of the day a mental health crisis is not some unsolved like ghostly mystery legend yeah that's it's not and it's just it's a dangerous i feel like i feel like it's just it's really dangerous and we do need more education not just for our public servants but in general like i mean even the hotel staff what if they had been trained on noticing the signs especially like they talked about like working in a place like skid row and all of the people that you see and all of the like the crises that people are having whether it's drugs mental health like what have you and you're not well that's what i'm saying i mean yeah the training should be in place but also mental health is still such like a taboo yeah that maybe it drove a woman to stop taking her medication out of uh embarrassment or Mm -hmm. uh whatever and then it led to all this stuff again not saying that's why she stopped taking her medication but it's one of those things it, maybe that could have happened like she didn't say yes or no about that and obviously like the worst thing that could happen happened so right it's and just sad it comes down to. yeah it's sad it's not something i don't know i'm disappointed in this one it's it's not yeah it tried to sensationalize be- a lot Yes, it was sensationalized for the purpose of, at the end of the day, making money. And even those YouTubers that claim to care about her so much, highly doubt they did this for free. I don't know. You're making money off of this woman with your YouTube channels and with your interviews for Netflix. And I then mean, you're claiming that... We don't have that- any information on where any of the money of this docuseries yeah, went. tried to look so, up the d- finances, could not find know. any of it. But presumably... If it's Netflix, if it's Joe Berlinger, they got some kind of compensation. Just like any Maybe. other, and I'm using this word very loosely in their case, but just like any other expert. Yeah. Like, you don't bring on Dr. Henry C. Lee and be like, hey, can you do this for free? Like, yeah. for this documentary that's going to be on Netflix for everybody to look at and to watch. And we'll just give you credit. How's that? How's that sound? That sound yeah. good? You like that? So, so that's look the us. docuseries. I mean, watch it if you want to. Um, You're not I missing wouldn't, much if you don't. Yeah, I wouldn't put it on my list of like top things you got to watch. I would put it on my list of top things I've struggled through this year. And yeah. we're in COVID. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, this is this it was harder to get through this i think than for me to get a vaccine you don't have a vaccine i know that's how hard this movie was this series was to get through i had to like pause to do dishes do you know how much i had to have disliked this to pause to do dishes to do the dishes to be like i'm going to do the dishes now do you have any idea (laughs) 
because it was yeah. it wasn't just it wasn't it was infuriating it was just it was really like it, and that's the end of it that's I'd i mean we're just gonna two keep out going of ten circles. spooks i would give it a two out of ten spooks maybe a three just for giving morbid a platform to speak but they also yeah. gave everybody else a platform to speak um part that of doesn't yeah yeah doesn't really but help. like it, it a lot of it doesn't really help like they didn't need to narrate her tumblr entries like yeah nice that they used a, an actress that was chinese but uh, even that like how do we know that's what elisa lamb sounded like how do we know her voice wasn't completely different i don't know exactly but uh regardless um I, i'll post a bunch of the um articles that we referenced in this obviously yeah. like there's a ton of people talking about the stocky <laughs> series both good and bad yeah uh, but lots of the ones that i had found from pretty reputable sor- sources were talking about um kind of the issues surrounding the talk of mental health in yeah. the series and um which there should have been more of a focus on yeah yeah at definitely. the end of the day yeah. Like Joe Berlinger, you had a great opportunity to do something here. I feel like he thought he did though. Because, I think like, he, I at think the he end did, it does but... at the end it's like, yeah, that's what happened. You didn't like again, should have been if you want to watch it, watch the first and the last episode. I'll say that. Yeah, you won't miss much. You really won't. Yeah. Um, just a bunch of conspiracy theories that just keep running around in circles. Yeah. But just like um, us. Like just, we're doing right now. <laughs> but that's that. So um crime culture podcast.tumblr.com crime culture pod at gmail.com uh and then we also have facebook instagram twitter linked everywhere yes we're we're don't say linked because then they think linkedin i i think linkedin I think we're not on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm not pretty LinkedIn. sure I am. I pre- my dad actually had said to me at one point, "Why aren't you guys on LinkedIn?" And I'm like, "Oh, I thought LinkedIn wasn't a fucking social media, you boomer." I love my dad. He really does think though that LinkedIn is not social media. Um, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, dad. I think I I think I personally am on LinkedIn, but I don't use it for anything. Wait, I don't think I'm I don't think I'm friends with you on LinkedIn. I also don't think it's called friends. But wait a fucking minute. All right, so we're gonna go. So Haley can like me back or whatever the fuck on linkedin that's bullshit why aren't you yeah, friends with me on linkedin i have a very you don't warm cat on my be associated now. with me i love him oh just kidding we are you're about to get a notification that i looked at you i mean i'm always looking here's looking at you Haley. <laughs> fun times anyway so right. uh we will see you next tuesday hell yeah bye bye, bye.